In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We prayed in the collect, Da populis tuis id amerare quod precipiis, id desiderare quod promitis. Grant your people to love the things you command, and to desire what you promise. We have reached the halfway point in the Easter season, and now the Church begins to shift our gaze toward Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit, who will teach you all truth. It is the role of the Holy Spirit to assist us in conforming ourselves to the will of God, to teach us to love the things of God, to love what he commands, and to desire what he promises. Christ does not simply intend for us to obey his commandments out of mere obedience. Holiness is the quality of loving the commandments of God, and desiring only those things which will bring us toward God. The Collect goes on to pray that by loving these commandments and desiring holiness, we may fix our hearts on the eternal truths and joys of heaven, even while we live in this passable and changing world. Now, this same collect is used in the ordinary form mass tomorrow. But as an example of what should be avoided, I want to take a look at the now obsolete 1973 translation of the Roman Missal, and how we used to translate this same collect. Father, help us to seek the values that will bring us lasting joy. We went from loving the things which God commands to seeking the values that will bring lasting joy. Now, not to be overly critical of the translators of this now obsolete edition of the Roman Missal, but the translation is itself evidence of a serious problem, and the precise thing Christ is here commanding us to avoid. The world today has no love for God's commandments or for the truths of the faith. We will sugarcoat the faith to make it more palpable to others. But in so doing, we fix our heart on the transitory nature of the world, in the same way that the apostles in today's gospel are having trouble parting with their bodily closeness to Christ. Our Lord reveals that he is leaving them bodily, and he says, Because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is expedient to you that I go. Christ is revealing that to see him visibly in the flesh... To have a worldly experience of God is not the greatest we can have, and thus it isn't the highest good we should desire. It was good for the apostles to see Christ in the flesh, but it was not the highest good. In a similar way, it is good for us to see the betterment of human society and the increase of justice in our world, but not if we forsake the commandments of God, which are the highest good. And so we pray today not to increase values that bring us joy, but to truly love God's commandments, to desire to fulfill them out of love and not out of obligation. And this should change our approach to the world. The world speaks of the common good as seen to each person's individual needs and happiness. And so the worldly good sees disagreements in politics or lifestyles and values tolerance and acceptance. But Pope St. John XXIII defines the common good as the social conditions which allow for all people to reach their ultimate fulfillment, namely, salvation. It's here we see the role of the spiritual work of mercy to instruct the ignorant. Refraining from sharing the truth of Christ with another is never an act of mercy or of love. St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross says, Do not accept anything as truth that lacks love and do not accept anything as love which lacks truth. One without the other is a destructive lie. 
We see the difficulty of this in politics today. Society, valuing the tolerance of all people's way of life, can look at practices such as homosexual unions or abortion, euthanasia, the death penalty, and call us bigots for refusing to accept these positions. The ultimate goal of society is the avoidance of conflict. But we cannot accept the mediocre standard of morality proposed by the world. It's not that conflict is a good thing, or that mutual acceptance is wrong, but if these become our only goal, then we are not seeking the ultimate good. As St. James writes in his epistle tonight, Every best gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no change or shadow of alteration. C.S. Lewis writes, If you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort... You will not get either comfort or truth, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin, and in the end, despair. Accepting the truth takes more than a conservative or a liberal view, more than intelligence and a decidedly progressive point of view. It takes a desire to know the truth no matter where it leads us. No matter where it leads us. That's the real difficulty, isn't it? For politicians, it often means lost careers. For families, lost peace. For preachers, empty pews and more angry letters. For teachers, conferences with parents. For friends, disappointments. But for saints, for saints it means endless joy. And that's the real point, isn't it? It's the only thing worth desiring over all the rest. And so we go back to the collect. O God, who make the faithful of one mind and will, grant your people to love the things you command and to desire what you promise, that amid the changes of this world our heart may be fixed where true joys are to be found. The world changes, society changes, fads, parties, interest, they all change. Truth doesn't change. And when it comes to truth, the only thing that should change is us. We are here this evening on the turning point of this season. Christ has announced his ascension, and now we prepare for the Spirit, who will convince the world of sin and teach and confirm us in truth. Alleluia. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.